This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, hello and welcome to the show. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio will join us before launching into a summer of travel and lectures all over the world with an update on the latest dental techniques and technology and how to best take advantage of them to the benefit of your greatest asset, your smile. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Canadian new car sales continued to set records in May, reaching an all-time high of approximately 217,000 units sold. Low interest rates and big rebates from automakers have fueled an unprecedented boom in the auto industry, and leasing in particular has seen a strong resurgence in recent years. North America and China right now are the hottest car markets markets in the world. According to J.D. Power, leases accounted for 26% of new vehicle sales in the past 12 months, as compared with 18% in the same period three years ago. The rise in popularity, lower monthly payments for consumers, with the average new vehicle lease payment about $540 a month, compared with $620 for finance purchases. Credit analysts are quick to point out that for many first-time car buyers, the long-term purchase plans that offer affordable bi-weekly or monthly payment arrangements should be taken on with care, as you always want your car to outlast its payment period. We've reported here about a number of major retailers who are experiencing real difficulties and are shutting down portions of their operations. Firms like Sears, H.H. Gregg, American Eagle, Men's Warehouse, Macy's, Payless Shoes, J.C. Penney, and the list does go on. Now you can add Hudson's Bay to that list. As the company announced Thursday, it will cut nearly 2,000 jobs across North America. Canada's oldest retailer says most of the job losses will happen in the states from head office positions right through to the sales floor and represents about four percent of its workforce. Customers shouldn't be affected by this move, particularly those who shop online, as Hudson's Bay plans to improve that area of their business. Unlike many of the retailers we named a moment ago, Hudson's Bay insists it still believes in the department store, especially here in Canada, while admitting that many U.S. markets are oversaturated. The staff reductions and layoffs will take through next year to complete. Seven different Yogo products were recalled Thursday by Ultima Foods due to the possibility they may contain pieces of plastic. People are being warned not to consume the products which have been sold here in B.C. as well as Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario and Quebec. Ultima Foods triggered the recall, and now the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, or CFIA, is now investigating. The CFIA warns the investigation may result in recalls of other products. No illnesses or injuries have been reported in connection with the consumption of the products in question. And those that are subject to the recall so far include several flavors of Yogo, that's I-O-G-O, Yogo Nano drinkable yogurts, along with mango and strawberry smoothies and a protein drink check the cfia's website to see the codes of products that have been affected it's all at inspection.gc.ca 
www.cbc.ca. Another government agency, Statistics Canada, had some real positive news on Friday, saying the economy added 54,500 jobs in May as full-time employment surged. The national employment rate was 6.6%. CIBC economist Nick Aharos wrote in a client note, all of those gains came in full-time work, which were up a massive 77,000 in the month alone, a figure that outpaced expectations. All told, an Extremely strong employment report for Canada coming on the heels of last week's strong GDP figures. In order, Ontario, B.C. and Quebec saw the biggest increases. However, the national unemployment rate increased to 6.6% as more people entered the job market. Also positive, the youth employment number, which is also up slightly at a time of year when the marketplace is teeming with young job seekers. Approving commentary not from just CIBC either, as economists from BMO and TD were quick to chime in, noting a modest growth in hourly wages right across Canada too. The only danger with all this robust economic news is that the Bank of Canada may already be making early preparations for that inevitable interest rate increase, and that's something all Canadian consumers will pay attention to. The odds are now increasing the Bank of Canada will increase interest rates in this country at least once by the end of this calendar year. The odds are still low, but they have increased in the wake of Thursday's numbers. And finally, not just BC fans, but Blue Jays fans from all over Western Canada have paid dearly for the ballpark experience this weekend as their favorite team is back at Seattle's Safeco Field for a weekend series against the Mariners. The humiliation of having Safeco turned into Roger Center Northwest irked the Mariners so much last year that apparently they are determined to profit handsomely from those beer-drinking, baseball-loving Canadian fans this time around. In an extreme example of premium pricing, that's what they call it, the Mariners doubled the prices in many sections of the stadium. For example, if you arrived in Seattle a few days ago to catch the game on Thursday night against the Twins, the tickets in the main level ranged anywhere from 32 to 77 bucks. To see the Blue Jays in those same seats, the range increased to 68 to 178 bucks. A huge, shameless surge. A seat way out at left field bleachers will go for 38 bucks for the J series, but will be back to 21 when the next team rolls into town. Now, all teams in Major League Baseball use some form of premium pricing, including the Jays. Rarely are the differences so extreme in the regular season, though. They usually wait till the playoffs to gouge their, their fans. You see teams with fan bases who travel well in any sport. The Steelers or the Cowboys in the NFL are good examples, and to a lesser extent, the Maple Leafs get a similar boost around hockey rinks in the NHL. But it's reasonable to suggest there's nothing quite like this in North American professional sports. It's estimated well over 30,000 Canadians have gone down to see the Jays in their Pacific Northwest home away from home, and judging by those border lineups a few hours ago this morning, they'll be full again today. Always a loud, fun experience, and now quite a bit 
more expensive. You think those fans care? It's the rubber match this afternoon. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the show, and we'll have a steel report for you as well. Coming up next, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio to take your calls and update us all on the very latest in dentistry. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the program. A great day for Italian days on Commercial Drive. Not scorching hot, but beautiful and not raining. That's the most important detail. Sapperton days in New Westminster as well. Same weather, 17 degrees around Metro Vancouver. It's 1116. Joining me in studio on Vancouver Consumer, uh, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio. Hello, Dr. Ron. Good to see you again. Good morning, Sterling. Good to be back with you. Again. It's great to have you with us. BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Center with offices in Vancouver on West Broadway and on Johnson Street in Coquitlam. And Dr. Ron, I said moments ago, um, before launching into a summer of travel and lectures all over the world, Dr. Ron Sokol will provide us with an update on the latest dental techniques and technology. I assume the latest dental techniques and technology is part of why you're heading out to do lectures in exotic locales like Tehran and Barcelona over the summer. Yeah, that's, that's true. And and one of the beautiful things about working with BC Perio is the fact that the technology is absolutely leading edge. And we are able to do things that many offices, not only here in Vancouver, but all over the world, don't have access to. As a result, they are very interested in finding out just what type of things we are able to do with that advanced technology. Exactly. And so when you go to these conferences, such as the one in Iran or in Spain or elsewhere, and Bobby, Dr. Bobby Birdie, your, one of your colleagues, has his own lecture circuit all mapped out for the summer, and he's even busier than you That's are. That's exactly right. When, when, when the two of you do go to these gatherings of dental professionals, uh, do you uh, provide those local fellows and uh, men and women with uh, what, what are required as professional skill upgrades, the seminars that you conduct wherever they may be? Yes, we refer to those as continuing education, and many areas of the world have as, prob- as, a, as a requirement for licensure and maintaining licensure is that you have a certain amount of continuing education credits sure. over a period of one to three years. And we're very similar here in British Columbia. We do the same thing. So all the pre- programs that we give, be they Dr. Birdie or myself, all qualify for that type of reward of continuing education credits would serve to them getting their license for the next term. Interesting. So do the, does this suggest, I'm trying to read between the lines here, Dr. Zokel, uh, does this uh, at least suggest to me, listening to you, that perhaps some of the techniques and some of the technical devices that we take for granted in daily clinical applications in B.C., are almost unknown in other parts of the world. I, I think unknown might be just a little bit of a, uh, a stretch. I think they're known, but the cost of acquiring these technologies is so significant that many dental practices, even though they're aware of the possibilities of its usage, are not able to fund those technologies. Ah. As a result, they would have to refer. If those technologies were critical to obtaining a good result, they would then refer it to a facility office area that does have the technologies and expertise. So in, in a country like Iran, for example, where you're headed in a few weeks, uh, I think it's pretty safe to assume that there's not a uniform level of uh, technical skills and, uh, and techn- technology available to patients. So would they, at least in a country like that, have some 
centers in perhaps the big cities where some of the technology available would be similar to what you have here in Vancouver and Coquitlam? I would have to presume yes, and I say presume because I have not been to Iran, and and therefore it's going to be the first time. As, as a result, I'm going to learn a lot more about what actually happens in Iran. But I, I would guess, I would be safe to say that there are facilities just about everywhere in the world that that have some advanced expertise and equipment, technolo- technological equipment, that would help facilitate this. And if not, there's probably some uh, surgeons that are very, very interested in growing to that quickly so they could fill a void. That's entrepreneurship, if nothing else. Absolutely. So when you go and you speak to very large groups on some occasions, and then you do the, you do the PowerPoint and the actual lecture, the, the, the presentation, and then you always set aside time for the Q&A portion of the show. And so when you've made your presentation, when, and then they, the local dentists get their turn, uh, what do they want to know most in terms of upgrading their skills to a level that Canadian dental consumers take for granted. <laughs> I'm a little jaundiced by that when I, when I when I take a look and see what people are looking for. Often their questions are based on their level of knowledge and experience, and a lot of them are are growing into the field. So a lot of the questions perhaps may not be necessarily appropriate. But I would say this is that when there is specific technology, that's a different thing because the technology is is science, and they can. Uh, they can acquire that information about that science anywhere on the web, for example. They can go on the internet and find out a great deal about everything we talk about. Of course. And, and therefore, the, the existence and awareness is not new to them, but how you apply it is probably the key that they would be interested in. So they'll, they'll ask questions relative to the application of that technology. Do they find, uh, I, would, I would assume a lot of them come to your seminars because their patients are going, look, um, I have this problem that you don't seem to be able to resolve. Uh, can you find out something about it for me and come b- get back to me? That's very common, actually. It's very common. So Dr. Birdie and IBC Perio, we end up having to manage cases that other dentists have had trouble with or difficulties with. So our, our focus is not only just to help patients, but also help the profession and, and the profession when they struggle with some of the issues. Talk to us about BC Perio. You have two, uh, two offices in Vancouver and Coquitlam. And, uh, is it, is it reasonable, Dr. Zokel, to describe the work that you and your colleagues at BC Perio do as cosmetic dentistry? Or does that limit it too much? Very much so. It limits it too much. Very little of what we do is actual cosmetic dentistry per se. Having said that, everything we do has a degree of cosmetic influence. Because your smile's involved. Absolutely. And so the work we do and the refinement that we do will influence the quality of the aesthetic result. Okay. So uh, what? And when patients come to you, and many of them are listening to us right now, uh, with serious issues, I assume people don't come to BC Perio for uh, a filling. In, uh, generally speaking, that, that, uh, it generally, it's the kind of dent, it's a dental health and implant center. It would suggest, uh, uh, more urgent and more complex cases than a simple filling. 
Uh, for sure. First of all, simple fillings are things that uh, the average general dentist will do. Sure. And it's something that we don't do. In fact, there are a number of general dentists that we will refer to when somebody comes in with some fundamental needs because uh, certainly those offices have the facility to do those services but also would do it less expensively than we would. And we don't want to charge somebody for something that they can get done as easily, same quality, if not better result, and at a lesser cost. But that said, of course, you'll see anyone in terms of having that initial consultation open wide, please, and let's see what the problem is. It's absolutely true because a lot of the people will not understand that what they need is very simple and very basic. And once they get that understanding, they'll come in, we'll have a look at them, we'll assess what the kind of issues they have, we'll have a discussion about it. And if something can be solved rather simply at a a lower cost somewhere else, perfect. I guess, though, uh, and I guess people get thrown off because when you get a toothache, oh, brother, does it hurt. And all of a sudden, it feels like your whole mouth is going to come apart if you don't get this thing fixed and it big hurts, it's just going to explode. I mean, it it can be incredibly annoying and and well beyond that in some cases. It's true. And people who are in pain will do almost anything to get out of it. Yeah. So one of the one of the objectives I have always had over the years is let's get you out of pain before we start discussing anything of significance because that pain is a is a is a bias. In, in other words, it forces you to see things only from the perspective of getting out of pain. Right, right, right. And and so you can't think straight until you're out of pain. So that's so uh, right and, and and if you're going to make a decision regarding the future of your smile you want to at least have a clear head rather than throbbing with with toothache pain while you're trying to figure it out. Oh, absolutely. If I if I can if I and let's use that word sell. Okay, if I sell very expensive dentistry on the basis of me, well, if you do this, I'll solve your pain. Right, right. I got it's a almost, problem later. It's almost extortion, <laughs> isn't it? It is. It's terrible. <laughs> you, can't, you just can't do that ethically and morally. Right. You can't do that. So any, when somebody comes in with pain, we solve it first. Okay. Once that's solved, now we can have a, a viable, reasonable, balanced discussion as to what's valuable for you in your future. Most people don't go to the dentist as often as they should. That's a a general statement, and I think it's true. Would you agree? I would agree. And what do you think the main reason is that we put we become professional procrastinators when it comes to dentists? To agree, I think I think first of all, uh, it's a discretionary expenditure. And when you're not in pain and you don't feel any difficulty, sense any difficulty, it's easy to put it off because it's not the least expensive thing you'll ever spend your dollar on. Right. I mean, more food, more, more money is spent on dog food or cat food or Botox or what have you, all kinds of cosmetic issues, huge amounts more than people spend in dentistry. And when you take a look at the relative value of what you get, by spending your dollars in a good dental office, mm-hmm. it's it lasts so much longer and so much more valuable, yet people still stay away from the dentist. And yet you've been at this long enough to have uh, seen just about every reaction to a dentist imaginable. And a lot of people, Dr. Ron, are just flat out afraid of dentists. That's true. And, and that is something that unfortunately leads to some of the patients that we get on a routine basis when they no longer can save their teeth. Right. And they're now looking at dentures or looking to come away from dentures because they don't like the experience of dentures. And now these are our patients that are putting these all on four teeth in one day processes in place. 
and again simply by having by having put off and put off uh, the uh, the less expensive, less complex repair jobs that they've avoided over the past umpteen years. Now they're up against it, and they have a rather significant tab to deal with. Well, they do, and they got another choice, and unfortunately the choice is a difficult one, and that is do I tolerate no teeth or unsightly and broken down, teeth are in pain, or do I go to dentures, or do I go to solid teeth that allow me to eat better and look better. Okay, I want to find out. We need to take a break here. I want to open up the phone lines before we do. Uh, if you have some questions for our dentist guest, Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio, uh, feel free to join us at 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898. And when we come back after the news at the bottom of the hour, Dr. Ron, I'd like you to sort of take the, the denture versus uh, the implant argument and give us the pros and cons of both, if you would. 604-280-9898, your calls to Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio after the news at the bottom of the hour. And welcome back to the show. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers, one in Vancouver at 777 West Broadway, and that would be three sevens, friends, <laughs> and in Coquitlam at 1175 Johnson Street. Uh, Dr. Zokel, before we went to the news break, uh, you said that you, when we came back, would take a few moments to talk about the, the most significant changes one makes to one mouth, dentally speaking, is the removal of a considerable number of teeth and having them replaced by, uh, generally speaking, one of two options, dentures or implants. And you said you would uh, give us the pros and cons of both of those options. Which is the more popular of the two? I would say that from a standpoint of quality of life, the most popular result is the implant-supported teeth. So we we have a, a denture that's made for somebody who's removing their teeth, and we put the implants in, and immediately the very same day convert that denture to actually be fixed to those implants. So they leave with fixed, solid teeth the day they come in. They come in with their old, damaged, diseased gums and tissues and such. We remove all the disease, put the implants in, and fix teeth solidly uh, very same day. And that's the all-in-four or teeth-in-one-day approach. It's exactly what it is. Okay, so uh, our dental, our denturers, rather, uh, is that, can that be a one-day thing, too, or is it more involved? Well, dentures, immediately after extraction, have been the norm for decades. Absolutely, and decades. yeah. And uh, the result of that is an increased amount of bone loss. A reduced ability to bite with the same forces. Uh, the significant discomfort that comes with trying to eat on tissues that are start trying to heal mm -hmm. and such. And and that's going to take time. Now, if you have teeth in a day and you walk home with these solid teeth, you can eat very well. Uh, firm foods as well, although we ask you to keep the diet low in terms of its uh, strength and force requirement, but still you can eat solid foods, which is going to be much more difficult when somebody has just been presently had a denture put in after extractions. How does bone loss occur when you opt for dentures instead of implants? How does that happen? One of the things, let's start with the implants. The implants, when put into bone structure, stimulate the bone okay. in a way that allows the bone to become stronger and stronger and stay there. Now, dentures, on the other hand, when they sit on the gum tissue, and the gum tissue then, the pressure is put on the gum tissue, which is then put on the bone structure, right. the gum, gum tissue gets damaged 
because of the, it's compressed between two solid objects, the denture and the bone. As a result of that, that tissue becomes damaged. When it becomes inflamed from that damage, it causes bone loss. So the bone remodels and reshapes itself. That's why people with dentures don't have something that's going to last them a lifetime right, by you have, stretch. Yeah, you, you, when you get dentures, and I can remember my dad telling me this, that uh, you have to go back every three to five years because your mouth changes. And I couldn't imagine in a, in a grown man like my dad as he was telling me this, your mouth changes, Dad? How can that be? And he says, well, it just does. And I have to go back every few years and, and I have to get them kind of tuned up, so to speak. That's true. And there's one person I can recall who never had a change in set of dentures in his life, but he placed those dentures in a drawer and never put them in his mouth and spent the rest of his life without any teeth at all, oh. including dentures. And that's what some people will do because the denture is not a comfortable solution for them. Interesting. So is it a given then that if you have uh, a significant dental problems, as in tooth loss, perhaps because of procrastination or of various other reasons, that uh, it's inevitable that uh, if you take the dental route, that you're going to experience some degree of bone loss. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you to repeat that one for me. Well, is it if you if you opt for for dentures? Yes, is bone loss an inevitable part or component I, of taking that route? I see what you're saying, and the answer is absolutely it is. Okay, there is a, there is the rare person who has very very little bone loss after teeth are extracted and dentures are placed, and I've seen them, but they are very very unusual. Okay, and. We consistently see a constant deterioration in the volume of bone for the upper jaw and the lower jaw after dentures have been placed. Okay. How about age? Does age come into the decision-making, Dr. Ron, between do I opt for implants or do I opt for dentures because I'm X years of age? No. A simple word is no. We can, the people who we would suggest are not appropriate to consider implant therapy, who are people who are immunosuppressive, uh, compromised, people who uh, have a medical condition, who uh, cannot heal properly. Okay. Okay. And it doesn't matter what age that is. That could be in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We had a gentleman a few months back ago who had just went through this complete procedure, upper and lower, who's 92 years of age. Oh, my. And- and he, his quality of life, his expectation for quality of life was very high. And he was a very lucid, very well, uh, very limber type of a 92. One would be hard-pressed to see him as 92 right. because of the way he acted and conducted himself. And certainly after he got his teeth, <laughs> he was nowhere close to 92. I mean, I, getting teeth like that, it's almost like having a 15 to 20-year rejuvenation. <laughs> well, I guess, the, you know, in terms of job satisfaction, and I mean, you get to travel all over the world and speak to very interested uh, colleagues who are, are looking to you for leadership in technology and all the rest of it. But on a very personal job satisfaction level, Dr. Ron, it's got to just be the best thing in the world to watch somebody like that chap you were just talking about come in and literally have their quality of life improved by a quantum leap in a matter of hours. That's it. It's almost instantaneous to them because they don't see what's actually happening. They remember what they look like when they walked in. And the next time they look at it, it's changed. And it's changed in such a way that sometimes we see an emotional response, which is hard to stay with a dry eye. Yeah, Um, People just literally sobbing because of what they see as a difference. So they see something that they envisioned for years and years and years and thought, well, I wonder if I could, if I could do this, could I 
could I have this done or how would I look and whatever. And when they take a look at the difference, they are absolutely, um, uh, gosh, I would I would say inconsolable because mm-hmm. they're sobbing so much. And, and when they recover, now then they, wow, thank you very much, and that, that happens. Right, right, but just tears of joy. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, and by the way, friends, uh, the BC Perio website is bcperio.ca, perio, BC Perio, P-E-R-I-O, bcperio.ca. And on the website, it's an excellent website in terms of resource, and they do present their case well in terms of all of the possibilities of dental services available to you. But there are those before and after pictures uh, of that uh, Dr. Ron spo- spoke about moments ago in terms of people who come in and you look at some of those before pictures and go, oh, my. And then you, the picture after it, and, and wow. I mean, it's that happen in many cases in 24 hours. Uh, less than 24 hours. Absolutely right. That's phenomenal. <laughs> and, and is there, let me just stay with age for a second, Dr. Ron. Is there uh, a, a sort of a typical age? Uh, you've been at this for a while. You have a large patient base at which individuals choose to take the big, make the big decision about implants or dentures. or what. It's time. I'm going to spend the dough. I'm going to get my smile back. Yeah, while we have people in their 40s and their 90s, I would say that the, the majority of people fall in the 70s and 80s. Really? Yes. And um, these are people who have thought about it a long time. Sure. They've been missing their teeth for a while or teeth have fallen apart. Every now and then, people in their 60s, there's a lot of people who are just in the process of losing their teeth in their 60s or they're having problems which the recovery of the of the teeth are too expensive and too demanding financially, and this becomes uh, teeth in a day become a solution that is very very cost valuable, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. because uh, for a very low cost, actually in terms of implant dentistry and reconstructive dentistry, it's about half to a third of the cost of rebuilding everything as they were before you start losing teeth at all. Interesting stuff. Now, you were talking about people in their 70s and 80s being a large part of your client base. Those people are most likely beyond employment years and therefore beyond corporate benefit packages, some of which may or may not include some dental coverage. Clearly, this is a decision they've made regardless of all of those uh, possibilities or not. But what's the deal with corporate benefit packages with respect to dental procedures? Uh, with respect to the type of things that we do in implant dentistry where we have to rebuild bone structure, uh, put in implants and such, that isn't covered by any type of a dental insurance program oh, okay. per se. Uh, what is is the extractions, uh, the removal of disease, things like that, or putting the teeth on there. And the teeth will have some type of a benefit as a rule, but every insurance program is a little different. Right, right. And therefore, each program has to be evaluated on its own merits. Because portions may be covered indeed and others may not, and again, depending on who you're signed up with. Exactly. And, and as you pointed out correctly, is that people in their 70s and 80s are on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. You know, that most of them have a set amount of money that they can spend from retirement, and therefore it's impractical for a lot of them to spend uh, the hundred seventy-five dollars to $100,000 to rebuild their mouth, to put it into pristine shape, as though nothing was ever damaged in the first place. Mm-hmm. When we can do something for $25,000 where we put in, a comp- a can remove all the diseased, bad teeth, the whole works, put in all the implants in one jaw, give them a temporary fixed solid solution when they walk out the same day and then in three months give them a brand new solution. All of that's included for $25,000. And that's 
a bargain. Yeah, and that's per jaw, right? That's upper per jaw. and lower. One, one, no, it's, one is for the upper and right. the same cost for the lower. Right. So it's a total of $50,000 for a full mouth and often reconstruction can be over $100,000 to rebuild mouths right. in an ideal way. Interesting. Now, that's a complete reconstruction uh, approach if you were looking at those costs. Is it possible, though, that some patients come to you and, and you look in and, and, and give them that uh, initial consultation and go, well, frankly, you don't need what you think you need. You need, you need less. We can do maybe two or three implants and the rest of your teeth are just fine. Well, well first of all, we start out with a premise that nobody needs anything. Okay. <laughs> Somebody says, well, do I really have to have that done? I say, no, you don't even need your teeth. You don't even need your teeth. But if you would like to On keep a purely teeth, technical basis, you, a human being can survive with no that's teeth. That's exactly right. Okay, so it goes that's to quali- true. Yeah. goes to quality of life. Yeah. If you would like your teeth, I'd be happy to help you out. Okay. And with that, then we start looking at options. Now, the finest option that we might have to give you the very best in results may take a year to a year and a half to do. It might mean bone grafts, gum tissue grafts, implants, a whole bunch of... Uh, reconstructive uh, teeth on implants, you could spend at least a hundred to $125,000 and have this take about a year to a year and a half to get it all finished mm-hmm. where you can have teeth in one day done for a quarter to a third, a half to a third, the cost and have it done in less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And that becomes very, very attractive, especially for people in a fixed income. Interesting stuff. Now, is this sophisticated dentistry available widely, or is BC Perio really as cutting edge as I think it is? Well, in general terms, there are a number of facilities that will provide a similar service, usually not teeth in the same day. Usually you'll have to wait for a day or two, whatever, to get your teeth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many are uh, use the technology. It's an advanced procedure. And there are a few companies that are in the U.S. that do this routinely, like Clear Choice in the United States, for example, okay. is a company which will do this on a routine basis, and they just hire a bunch of doctors to help you out. And uh, you go in and, and look for a solution that's teeth in one solid set of teeth in, on all on four, and they will provide that service for you. At a similar cost, for that matter, but it's in U.S. dollars. Right, exactly. And you have something, and I just did this, uh, found this on the website, computer-guided implant surgery. This is why you and Dr. Birdie are so in demand around the world and why you're not going to be with us for a few months because you're out there on the lecture circuit. Uh, This is pretty cutting-edge stuff, computer-guided implant surgery. Tell us about it. Okay, there are two aspects to computer-guided implant surgery. One is when you use a computer to create a device in a laboratory that helps you to place the implant very, very accurately. This is not new. It's fundamental. Okay. And, and it's something that most programs that teach implant dentistry teach their, their doctors when they come through. And it's been around quite a long time, actually. But there's another technology that we're just working with right now, helping the beta testing and such. And that is what we call dynamic surgical navigation. And by that, we correlate on a computer the exact three-dimensional perspective of the jaw that you're working on and all the vital structures, the nerves, the teeth, and the whole works. Mm-hmm. And you plan where you want the, the implant relative to those structures and where you want it to support a tooth. And then you use that. And so while you're working, it's like, it's like laparoscopy surgery where you watch a computer screen yeah. to place the implant absolutely perfectly. 
in three dimensions without looking inside the mouth. You can always look and correlate and verify. Of course. But your accuracy comes from looking at a computer screen while you do it, and it's incredibly accurate. And this is being developed literally as we speak. With a company in Vancouver here, and I'm working with them myself. And uh, this is stuff that is out and is being marketed right now as we speak. You see people, you know, on, on the news doing delicate heart surgery using these com- television screens, never once looking down at the patient. It's so, it's so incredibly demanding. But now you're doing that in people's mouths as well. I've done it many times now, and the results are consistently very, very accurate, more accurate than somebody where the majority of implants that are placed are placed by just eyeball reference is this to the structures in the mouth is this additional new technological development specifically for people who present uh, unusually difficult cases well it can be and it can be used in a number of different ways whenever you can place an implant more accurately from a surgical perspective it makes both the prosthetic and aesthetic solution that much better so mm-hmm. even though you can technically do it by eyeball the chances are really good that you'll do it better by active surgical navigation or by uh, a precision-guided surgery. And some patients just present the sort of difficult mouth to work on that this is truly the best response. Well, yes, and it's hard to argue against it because whenever you, as I said before, whenever you place an implant accurately, it makes the prosthetics even better and the end result, the solution more aesthetic. And uh, just back to our comparison of dentures versus implants, and we're almost out of time, uh, where a denture may have to be uh, refreshed or even completely replaced every three to five years, once those implants go in, computer-guided or otherwise, that's a permanent thing. You don't come back in five years and get new ones, do you? No. Well, you hope not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Implants can be diseased, but if you just take reasonably good care of your implants, they'll last you decades. So uh, and the hygiene regarding uh, dental implants would be similar to what you were taught when you were a little kid, brush your teeth every day and and, uh, floss and do the usual stuff. That's correct. So nothing more complex than basic hygiene. That's exactly right. Interesting stuff. We are fresh out of time. I thank you for yours today, and I wish both you and Dr. Bobby Birdie a successful summer and safe travels as you go literally around the globe to spread the word about uh, the kinds of technology and techniques that you uh, offer BC patients here daily at BC Perio. You're going to educate the rest of the world on it. Good luck to you. Thank you, Stern. There's Dr. Ron Zoko, bcperio.ca. That's B-C-P-E-R-I-O. .ca with offices in Vancouver and Coquitlam, BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers. We're back with more after this. And once again, our thanks to Dr. Ron Zokel from BC Perio for dropping by with the latest in dentistry and techniques. Appreciate it very much. Time now for the Steel Report. Jody Vance is sitting in today for Linda with a look at problem power lines. I'm Jody Vance and this is the Steel Report. With more and more cars on the road as the summer months approach, BC Hydro is reminding drivers about the hidden dangers of downed power lines. BC Hydro's public safety lead Johnny Knowles says even if a power line has come down that doesn't necessarily mean the electricity is off. If you're in a car accident involving a downed power line, Knowles says the best thing to do is to stay put wait for emergency services but for bc hydro to de-energize the line if you see other members of the public outside of your car that may be approaching you you need to wind the window down and shout for them to stay away at least 10 meters if you absolutely need to exit your car there's a very specific way you should do that to avoid getting electrocuted 
stand on the, the edge of the car, put your arms together with your elbows uh, into your stomach and hop out of the vehicle with your feet together. You mustn't touch the vehicle and the ground at the same time. Once you're out of the car, Knowles says shuffle, not walk, away from your car without picking up your feet from the ground until you're at least 10 metres away. Knowles says this information is also important for witnesses to know as well. If you see an accident involving a downed power line, do not approach the car. Call 911 and make sure the victim stays in the vehicle if they can. I'm Jody Vance, and that's your Steel Report. Thank you, Jody. Uh, sitting in for Linda Steele. Steele and Drex, weekday afternoons, 2 to 6, right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. A couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. A seemingly innocuous ad on TV for a pasta sauce, which feature, featured rather little toddlers, has ended up in a formal complaint by, well, a competing pasta sauce maker. The ad for Campbell's Prego brand pasta sauce jokingly displays the little kids on a split screen as lifelong pasta experts and representing kids who took a taste test. Uh, some of those kids display their pleasure with displeasure with the losing ragu brand by, well, dumping it on their heads, as young consumers tend to do. Well, the makers of ragu have complained to the National Ad Division of the Better Business Bureau, saying basically the toddlers shown on TV didn't represent the taste testers at all because those testers were all supposed to be six years and up, as the voiceover says in the the TV ad. Campbell said, oh, come on. It's supposed to be a funny visual, not an accurate representation of the older taste testers. Well, besides the competitor, the ad division people didn't buy it either and ruled that while the taste test may itself be legitimate, the images were puffery and didn't relate to the test. Campbell says it will note the decision in future TV ads. And then there's this. The Federal Justice Department this week released rather a list of laws it has decided to either remove or update as it continues to modernize our criminal code. Laws, for example, that impose a sentence of two years for challenging a person to a duel will be removed. So now you can call out your annoying neighbor next time they decide to mow their lawn at 7 a.m. on a Sunday and not be sent to jail. And I know you were worried about that part too, right? The last recorded duel in Canada it, near Ottawa in Perth, Ontario in 1833. Other vintage legal items to be deleted include uh, advertising a reward for the return of stolen property, no questions asked, publishing blasphemous libel, possessing, printing, or distributing crime comics, and fraudulently pretending to practice witchcraft. So, are we heading back to dueling, do you think? Let's just be sure not to scare the horses, okay? And the first ten bison calves born in Banff National Park in more than a century seem to be getting along just fine. A video released a few days ago by Parks Canada shows the calves happily jumping around and playing. When the first calf was born in April, it was the first recorded bison birth in the region in 140 years. The arrival of these calves will help bond the herd to the landscape where they belong, say Parks Canada. This 
This began years ago, of course, but it was implemented in February when 16 bison were moved back into a remote area of Banff National Park as part of a project to reintroduce them to their natural, original habitat. The calves will stay in that pasture until next spring, and then they'll be released into a larger reintroduction area. That is our show for this morning. We're back again next Sunday morning at 11 with another edition of Vancouver Consumer. Stay tuned. There's lots more ahead on CKNW Weekend after the noon news. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.